Hello, and welcome to the final book this season of Traveling on Lime Kiln Pike with your host, Brian Powell. In this last episode of the season, season three, I want to speak about a very important trip I took to the most romantic city in the world, the City of Lights, Paris, France. It had been quite some time since I had taken my last international trip because of COVID, my last trip from Havana, Cuba in early 2020. So what better time to go than during the holiday season around the time of my birthday to the most beautiful European city in the world. To listen to more Traveling on Lime Kiln Pipe podcasts, please like and subscribe. Now let me tell you about the book From Paris with Love. So what brought me to Paris, France during this time of the year? Multiple different things. One, me and my girlfriend at the time, I'll preface at the time, wanted to celebrate her 30th birthday going to a great location, a new location. We also wanted to go to an international city because we haven't traveled internationally in a while. And we wanted to go to a place that neither of us had been to before. So all the places in the world we decided to end up going, we decided to go to Paris, France. We found a fantastic flight in October of 2022, and we decided just to go at it hard. Uh, more on her end than my end, but we decided to go in the end of, uh, near the middle of the end of December of 2020. How did we get there? We booked the flight Aer Lingus, which is, I think is a airline, low-budget airline based out of Dublin. However, on our way down there, our flight was actually canceled due to weather. So we actually rode on American Airlines going to Paris and Air Lingus going back. And once we were going on Air American Airlines, we decided to really upgrade ourselves, get a nice business class, uh, you know, check in uh, a little bit early in priority boarding and get in the lounge as well. We decided just to kind of go all out for Paris. And what hotel we stayed in, we stayed at the Renaissance Hotel uh, near the Republic stop in, in Paris, France. So that's the reason why we decided to go, how we got there, and where we stayed. And we ended up staying for a whole entire week. We decided if we're going to be out there, we really want to truly experience the city of Paris and do everything that we want to do when it comes to touristy things as well as other activities while we're there as well. While the weather wasn't great, it was around an after 32 degrees. We were there doing the World Cup of 2022, in which France was reached the semifinals while we were there and actually played the championship game on the day that we left. So it was great to be in an environment of uh, happiness and joy in Paris, especially for a game they love, uh, which is uh, football. So as usual on this podcast, I like to talk about some tips and tricks I suggest when going to Paris, France. And as usual, I have five top tips and tricks I recommend going when you do go there. Tip number one, take public transportation. Uh, the public transportation is the RATP, and it's very, very easy to use. The maps while you're at the train stations are very really easy to navigate, or if you can use your, your phone as well for, for Google to get you from A to B. And the fares are relatively uh, small. A one-way fare is about a 
dollar fifty American, maybe one point seven five euros. And I think a all day pass is around like ten euros. So you can do a lot uh, and travel a lot taking the public transportation. Probably get there quicker than taking an uh, Uber or a bus. And it's it's very efficient, very easy to navigate. I would suggest that be ready to be in a cooped up environment because even at midnight, trains were super crowded and, and super busy just because this is probably the primary transportation in Paris for everyone. But definitely get comfortable of being close to a lot of people because you really feel enclosed, but it'll get you anywhere you really want to go to in Paris. Second tip I recommend is learn a little bit of, of French. I'm not a native French speaker. I barely know Spanish. I have a little bit of understanding of Spanish. But to get there, to kind of have an easy entry into conversations with people, especially at restaurants and other places you go to when you speak with French citizens, it's good to have a little bit of French underneath your belt. So here's a couple of phrases I recommend kind of knowing before you go there. One is bonjour, which is good morning. Then you have bienvenue, which is welcome. You got Madame, Monsieur, Mr. and Mrs. One you'll be using quite often, I used a lot, is pardon, which is excuse me. Uh, Parlez-vous anglais? This is the one I probably use the most, and I'll probably allow you to get to speaking English a little quicker. And that is, do you know or speak English? And then for those that think that you know French, you would say, je ne parle pas français, which is, I don't speak French. Uh, so those are some small language tips I recommend going or phrases going into it. You also have Google Translate and can translate some things as well. But overall, majority of the people that work in service industries do know a little bit of English or a decent amount of English. I think it's taught to them at, at an early age. So you can be in Paris and speaking English is fine, but it's good to know a little language just to be nice. Third tip I recommend, since Paris is a much of a walking city as well as a foodie city, I definitely recommend taking a food tour or a walking tour while you're in the area, especially in a local neighborhood. I recommend eating Europe. It was a great day in Paris following a chef that knew all these interesting places to eat and drink in his local neighborhood. So we went to a bakery to eat croissants and, and baguettes and a lot of French pastries. We ended up going to a couple of butchers, learning how the grading system when it comes to butchers and eggs and things of that nature. He took us around to other fancier restaurants, let us know the types of food that they have there and, and the celebrities or really one of the people that ate in there. Then we ended up going to a, uh, a wine store. He taught us all about French wine and the nuances of it and what makes a good wine compared to a, a bad wine, kind of like an unofficial sommelier training. And then lastly, we ended up in his restaurant. It was a small hole-in-the-wall spot in which he gave us a five-course meal of his favorite French cuisines that he wanted to present to us as a group of individuals, like 10 of us there at the time. So it was very intimate, learned a lot about the French culture, French history and food, and got to taste a lot of fancy and great food as well as some wine. And we got at the end, even at the end, we went to a nice, I guess, 
chocolate store. We gave us some great chocolates and tough truffle chocolates and macaroons to leave out for the day. So highly recommend that. Tip number four, watch out for scammers. Like any major city, there's a whole bunch of scammers trying to get your money, get your credit cards, get your passport, so on and so forth. So just be aware of that people might try to take advantage of you. Ones that I've seen are people that try to take your camera and take a picture of you, but then ask for a little bit of money afterwards or hype up a certain business that they have. Others are, there's this woman uh, that are by uh, metro stops that want you to sign a petition for something. I'm not quite sure what it is. Then afterwards, they ask for a donation. And at that point in time, someone could be pickpocketing you while you're kind of conversating with these individuals. And obviously, what they're presenting uh, as a charity isn't actually taking any money at all, so because it doesn't exist. So watch out for that, and you'll hear a lot of announcements when it comes to the the train and the metros that please watch out for pickpockers. This is something that happens pretty routinely, so be on the lookout. So I highly recommend being very aware of your surroundings and watching out for scammers as well as pickpockers. Didn't happen to me personally, but you hear so much about it, you have to be very aware. And lastly, visiting mom and pop spots. The great part about Paris and walking around and kind of understanding the neighborhood and the culture is walking into these mom and pop bakeries uh, for the food that they create, like the breads, the pastries, the sandwiches. Some of the best food I had was stopping at a local restaurant on my way, sorry, a local bake shop or a local mom and pop store, picking up a couple of sandwiches, beignets, croissants, uh, the chocolate uh, croissants as well. It was a great experience. Very, very inexpensive, maybe $1, $2 for like a, a pastry, $5 or 5 euros for a sandwich, but it was very worthwhile and while you have these big fancy restaurants that give you these amazing five course meals, I think the better ones for me were the little small mom and pop spots. But yeah, those are the top five tips and tricks I recommend going to Paris. One, take public transportation. Two, learn a little bit of French before you get there. Three, take a walking tour, specifically eating tour. Four, watch out for scammers. And five, go to mom and pop bakeries or restaurants. You do all those, you'll have wonderful time in Paris. While I've had some very great experiences in my time in Paris, from going to a variety show at the Moulin Rouge, to standing right next to the Mona Lisa, to trying some of the most tastiest pastries I ever had in my life, However, the most memorable experience I had, and it's truly a memorable experience, is when I finally proposed to my now fiancé at the Eiffel Tower at night and our second day in the most romantic city in the world, Paris, France. So, probably want to know how that story happened and how I was able to really pull it off. So I said earlier, my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, wanted to plan something for her 30th birthday and go all out. And of all the places we decided to go to, it was Paris, France, which is great. I always wanted to go to international city. I always wanted to go to Europe. And Paris would have been a great place to go to. However, my timelines of getting married or 
proposing was actually May of 2023. So everything I was going to do to prepare for that had to be truncated to a literally two-month period of time. No, to calling the mother and father for the blessing, getting the ring, figuring out all those logistics. So it was a very busy two months in order to really pull that off. Long story short, got the blessings. I got a great ring. I had the general sense of where I wanted to do it as well. So everything was prepared for moving forward, going to Paris. I was a little afraid going onto a plane with a very expensive ring, hopefully getting lost or TSA taken to the side and kind of ruining the whole entire surprise. But fortunately enough, we got all the way to Paris with the ring intact and with her knowing nothing whatsoever. So the day of the proposal, I really wanted to do in the morning, but due to our logistics for the day, going to the Louvre and a few other things, we want we had to do it at night. Particularly the few days before we left to Paris, we actually got a notification that we got two tickets to actually go up into the second level, actually the third level of the Eiffel Tower in order to see the views of the whole entire city. So... We're going at night around 7.30. So I had that in my brain. I just didn't, and I had the words as well. What was I going to say? However, I didn't really have, let's just say, the exact moment of transition from getting there to the ring presentation. So throughout the day, we're going to the Louvre, we're going to get something to eat, so on and so forth. And I got a little bit more and more and more nervous the closer it got to 7.30. So when we got back to the hotel to freshen up for the Eiffel Tower, I put the ring in my pocket, making sure, when she was in the bathroom, making sure she didn't see the transition for it getting in my pocket. And then I was kind of stewing while she was in the bathroom, how am I really going to pull it off? And throughout the day, I was taking a whole bunch of pictures on my phone, artistic photos from up on the ground, from her turning her back, uh, time-lapsing things, so on and so forth. So I said, huh, that's what I'll do. I'll get a photo of us a little bit away from the Eiffel Tower in the park that's right outside of it and have her do a, quote, time-lapse video of her staring at the Eiffel Tower and then do and then pull off the ring ceremony. So that was my idea. Hopefully, I was going to pull it off. So around 7 o'clock, we ended up walking, uh, sorry, taking the train towards the stop that was close to the Eiffel Tower, like 20 minutes away from where our hotel was taking the train. And the closer and closer we're getting to the Eiffel Tower, I see the lights coming on. I see the um, the actual silhouette of it through the clouds as well. The more nervous and more nervous I was going to be, it's like, oh, what's the spots going to be? Are people going to be around? Uh, is she going to you know, go through with it? She's going to say yes at the end of the day. And all these things are kind of bubbling up in my mind. So we get closer and closer and closer to the Eiffel Tower and we get onto the main road in the park to get to the Eiffel Tower and about maybe like a quarter of a, a mile away or maybe like a few blocks away, I tell her, it's like, hey, do you mind? Uh, again, no one's around either. Not a soul around because I want it to be intimate in between ourselves, not anyone taking photos saying, oh, congratulations, so on and so forth. Just us, us two together. So we walked to the Eiffel Tower underneath a, a lamp and I say, hey, do you mind if I take a time-lapse video of you while you're staring at the Eiffel Tower with your uh, back to me and your front to the Eiffel Tower? 
she was confused. I'm like, eh, it's kind of dark, and I don't think it's going to make any sense. But she went with it at the end of the day, which I was very thankful. So I said, hey, I'll give you a 15-second timer. Uh, and then once it turns to zero, you can turn back around. So while she's staring at the Eiffel Tower, I'm counting down. I'm While I'm counting down, I'm getting on the one knee and then, and then taking out the ring. So after count 15, it was now or never. I was, on, I was on the ground. The ring was out on my knees. I'm like, turn around. She turns around. She looks around where I was and she looks down. Then I say some very heartfelt words, which I won't put on the podcast because it's in between me and her for what I said, but I basically asked her to marry me and, and be my wife and be my partner for the rest of my life. And she was still in a surreal moments, like, is this real? Is this real? Is this really happening right now? I says, I wouldn't have bought this ring and did all this not to be real. So luckily enough, she said, yes, we embraced. We had that uh, very much a magical moment there. And I finally had my girlfriend and partner for the last few years can now be my partner for the rest of my life, which was an amazing experience. And the Eiffel Tower in the, in the backdrop was something that will always remembered by me and by her. Uh, so it was a fantastic moment that I'll never forget. And then after that, we decided we still had tickets uh, to get to the Eiffel Tower at 7.30. It was around 7.20. So right afterwards, we walked uh, right towards the, the Eiffel Tower. Again, us still in a romantic and oh-my-gosh moment. Uh, then not as exciting. We, even though Eiffel Tower was pretty exciting, you know, we got to the Eiffel Tower. We, uh, stood in line for about, you know, 10 minutes. And then a humongous elevator comes, uh, down and picks up a, a humongous group of people up to the second level, then the first level. We we're supposed to go to the third level, but I think because of weather and how cold it was, they only allowed people to go on to the second level and the third level. So, after waiting for 10, 15 minutes, we finally got to the second level. Obviously, as normal, we take all the pictures with the ring, uh, the video of the sights of the Eiffel Tower, embrace and love it and, 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 and appreciation for one another for the moment that we both are now a part of. And just enjoyed uh, the moment of being in, in Paris on the Eiffel Tower uh, with someone we both loved and appreciated as Again, we weren't up there for very long, maybe 10, 15 minutes, because it was super, super cold. Like, it had to be like 20 degrees up there at that point in time. And then we decided to get a Eiffel Tower souvenir just to commemorate the memory as well for us being up there. And then end up going back down like 10 minutes later and then end up grabbing a dinner around the Eiffel Tower afterwards. So that's the story of my proposal. It's something I didn't plan multiple months in advance, but... Due to the wants and desires of her celebrating her 30th birthday and living in the moment and kind of making sure I wanted to be the most romantic thing as possible for her, it landed very, very well. It didn't lose the ring. She said yes, and we had just a great, amazing night. And Paris will always be, like I said earlier, both of our hearts with the experience that we had with getting engaged in the most romantic city and probably the most romantic landmark in the world. Yep, that's my most memorable story from Paris, France, and I'll always remember it. So out of all the places in Paris to go to, what are the top ones I recommend as a tourist or out of town to really get the most bang for your buck in your experiences there? 
Now, I would say all these you could probably not do in a few days, which a lot of people, they go to Europe, they go to multiple different countries in a week or two. But if you have a little bit extra time in Paris, these are the places I truly recommend. Number one, the Louvre. It's the museum. It holds the Mona Lisa, a statue of, of the Greek goddess Venus, and a tons of other artifacts over the course of, of history. And it's a humongous museum. You can't go all through it in one day, but really like art and culture and sculptures and kind of being around the most famous pieces of art in the world, going to the Louvre is definitely a highly recommended thing. And again, you can go there two days in a row and still not see everything. Number two, as I talked about earlier, the Eiffel Tower. It's the most iconic thing in Paris. When you go to Paris, that's the first thing you think is the Eiffel Tower. We went at night, as you know, and it was a very much a beautiful experience, even though it was a little bit cold. During the day, it's still a great thing to see as well, but there's a certain magic to it at nighttime to view. And you see the whole entire uh, Paris skyline if you do decide to go up, buy a ticket to go up in it. But Highly, highly uh, recommend visiting the Eiffel Tower and having a great photo with your loved one there or friend. Number three, the Palace of Versailles. It's about 20, 25 minutes away from Paris, but it's uh, one of the Victorian mansions that uh, the dignitaries and kings and queens of France used to live in. I think the last one was technically Marie Antoinette uh, before they kind of took her away from the, the house, but it was a Amazing estate, humongous estate, like hundreds of rooms kind of going through it. And there's a, a garden outside, which is even significantly much bigger. And there's a humongous history to it. And we enjoyed our time there. Uh, if you want to walk around a lot, it's definitely a place you want to go to. So Palace of Versailles is definitely a place you want to go to. Three is Moulin Rouge. I think we know the movie and we've heard the song as well, but it's a very much a variety burlesque show that's very famous in Paris. It's about a hundred and something dollars for one ticket and a little bit extra if you want to get dinner. But while it might not be the most amazing thing you ever see, it's one of the things that it's good to say that you actually saw it while you're in Paris. Next is Dior Museum. Dior is one of the biggest fashion brands in the whole entire world. Uh, I think for a lot of people who are really into fashion, this is definitely a place you want to see. You see how the Dior brand kind of built over time and see a lot of fashionable pieces of work over the course of years, too. So if you're in the fashion, Dior magazine will be sorry, the Dior Museum will be great. As there's other places, there was the 38 Bar. It was a bar close to our hotel, very small, intimate, but had a bartender that made fantastic drinks and he was as professional as it comes to and made these drinks then there's the mall galleries lafayette a lot of fancy high upscale stores louis vuitton dior you name it it's there next i recommend eating europe specifically working with chef pj he was an amazing person to tour us around his area for a few hours. I think actually five hours. He had a great energy. He had a great understanding of his history and a love of food and wine. So I highly recommend going through him for eating Europe when it comes to food walking tour in Paris. Yeah, but those are the things I recommend when going to Paris, France. There's tons more you can do. 
But if I had to choose a few of them, I highly recommend it would be these. If you do these, you'll be in a very happy spot when you return home. And yeah, that's my whole entire trip to Paris. This is an amazing experience. Obviously, a memorable experience. Now coming back with a full-on fiancé with a partner I've been with for years and years and years. So it was a trip that will always have a special place in my heart from what I was able to do there and experience I was able to have there as well. So Paris will always have a special place in not only my heart, but my fiance's heart and in my memory as well. But thanks for listening to this book of Traveling on Lime Kiln Pike. I really, really appreciate you guys spending the time listening to me, especially it's been a while and inconsistent with some of these episodes. I'm not really sure when I'll be making another episode of this series or there'll be another season. I do know the one goal I want to have for my life is be able to be in every single continent at one point in time in my life. And I've hit every single one, not counting Antarctica, outside of Africa. So I think whatever episode I do, no matter when it might happen, I have to do an episode about my experience going to one country in Africa. But again, thank you everyone for being a passionate, listening audience member of the Traveling on Lime Kiln Pike podcast. It's been a whirlwind experience over the last few years. And from this, I was able to do and grow and be better at a craft that I love, which is podcasting. And when I do come back, I look forward to telling you all the experience that happened to me uh, during that transition in that time uh, when I speak to you next. And lastly, if you decide to travel, as always, make sure you bring a pal. Talk to you soon.